Welcome to Anchored, a podcast brought to you by The Word Unleashed, the preaching and teaching ministry of Tom Pennington. For more of Tom's content or to connect with us, visit our website at www.thewordunleashed.org. Now here's Tom exalting God's glory, explaining God's truth. Now what are the implications of our moral inability? Well, first of all, consider the doctrinal implications. I'm not going to take time to turn to each of these. I just want to give you something to think about. Because this is what the Bible teaches, this moral inability demolishes any hope of salvation by human merit or action. Absolutely destroys it. There's no way you or I, by our effort, by our merit, can ever gain salvation before God, can ever gain acceptance with God. Let's do turn to Titus chapter 3, because I want you to see how Paul makes this point. Titus chapter 3, verse 3. For we also once were foolish ourselves. Paul is now talking about all believers. He includes himself. We once were foolish ourselves. We once were disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another, He says, that's what we were. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy. Paul rehearses what we were, that depravity that was who we were, our inability to do anything but those things, and then he said, we needed God to act. He didn't save us on the basis of our deeds, Because that would never do. He saved us instead by His mercy. Understanding who we are apart from Christ demolishes any hope of salvation through who we are or what we do. Another doctrinal implication is that it requires that salvation flow solely from the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2. We looked at verse 3 this morning, but look at verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Here you get God working, and it's His grace at work. Notice that the the subject of the first three verses is man, each of us. But the subject, beginning in verse 4, is God. God loved us. God made us alive. God gave us grace. God raised us up, and God seated us. Understanding our depravity that's outlined in the first three verses leads to the conclusion that we can only find hope in the grace of God. The final doctrinal implication is moral inability demands that salvation be a sovereign act of God. I wish we had time to turn back to Ezekiel 36, where what theologians call, biblical scholars call, the new covenant is laid out. There God says, I will act for my name's sake, and I will take out your heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will cause you to walk in my ways. It's a sovereign act of God. Salvation is monergistic, not synergistic. You recognize mono, one. Erg, you remember from your science classes, means work, a unit of work. 
Monergistic means one working. Synergistic means working together. Salvation is not working together with God. Salvation is monergistic, God working. And that's outlined very clearly in Ezekiel 36. Now, briefly, look at the personal implications of moral inability. This brings it right to home for each of us. It destroys all of our pride, and it reduces us to beggars before God. I love the story Jesus tells in Luke 18, where he says two men went to the temple to pray, one of them a Pharisee, and he stands and he prays thus to himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. I do all of these wonderful things, and I'm not like this tax gatherer here. The tax gatherer, on the other hand, having realized his utter inability to do anything, that would please God, responds by not even looking up to heaven, but rather keeping his head lowered, beating on his chest, and saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. God, you're going to have to act, because I have nothing to offer. It also empowers our evangelism. You say, well, wait a minute. If that person has no capacity to respond, then what am I doing evangelizing? Well, this is the beauty of what the Scriptures teach. You can share the gospel, and if God is at work in that heart, no matter how weak your arguments, and that's not a justification for weak arguments, but no matter how poor your presentation, no matter how weak you are in expressing yourself, the power of God can take the truth of God and bring life to that dead heart because it's monergistic, God working. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul says, we have this ministry, verse 1, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. He goes on to say that we are manifesting the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He said, listen, we're teaching the truth. Verse 3, unfortunately, our gospel is veiled. It's veiled to those who are perishing. They can't see it. Why? Verse 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they don't see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. They don't see the light. They're blind. But Paul says, I have a ministry where I'm sharing the truth. And notice what happens. He says, as we preach, verse 5, Christ Jesus as Lord, here's what happens. Verse 6, the God who said light shall shine out of darkness, the God who in creation said, let there be light, speaks light into the blind eyes of the sinner who can't understand the gospel. God does another miraculous work, and he says, let there be light. Let that person understand the truth. And there's light. The light comes on. So this reality empowers our evangelism. And finally, it demands our eternal gratitude and praise. Listen, you would never have chosen God if he had not chosen you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anchored Podcast. If you'd like to access additional content from Tom, or if you're interested in partnering with The Word Unleashed, please visit our website at www.thewordunleashed.org and be sure to connect with us on social media. We look forward to studying God's Word together with you on the next episode of Anchored.